Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Yay! Noises of excitement. Noises of excitement here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very formal noises of excitement. We're happy. <laughs> I'm so excited to be in the studio with friends of the show, Durga Chubos Yay. and Doreen St. Felix. Yay. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. If you have been listening since day one or day two. Durga was our first guest. Our ride or die. Yes. Welcome back to our actual studio. Thanks yes. for Thank Leslie. you for having me, guys. Welcome, welcome. You started us off on the, your episode was called Unlearning. Mm-hmm. I remember that. You I do started too. Our Unlearning I do too. <laughs> I had no idea where this was going to go. And hey, hey you we guys didn't are. <laughs> Webby winners. Yes. Night yes. work. You know, Webby today, Oscar tomorrow, Pulitzer. <laughs> also in the studio with us today is the lovely and talented Doreen St. Felix. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. So, Doreen is a staff writer at NewYorker.com, correct? Yes. Um, also, Lightflex recently had a cover piece, Kara Walker. I did, um, yeah, for New York Magazine. Wow. I just I just wanted to say wow because it's fucking amazing to me. Word. I, I mean, it was a great experience. I also didn't know it was going to be the cover story until like two days before it came out. Wow. It was just this small detail. Why? I forgot how, to confirm. How would you not know? I don't know if something, you know, happened in the process of writing it, but it became the cover story. They were like, oh, shit, basically. What did it feel like to see the Kara Walker cover story, like, in newsstands, in people's hands? Oh, I got really, like, emotional and excitable and, like, nervous. Uh, Just every, I'm just a ball of emotions. Did you ever stop somebody that you saw with the magazine and be like, I wrote that, I did that, that was me? No, just because. The window's still open for that. This time. You got, like, three months (laughs) after a cover story. I was in a hair salon, though. I was getting my hair done, and the owner was reading it. And so I approached her because Mm. there was kind of, like, you know, we had four walls between us. But I kind of, I don't know, I get off on the idea of, like, like stuffy people reading this magazine and not knowing that the like young girl on the train next to them wrote the story. Mm. It's like, you know what? I can be anonymous in this way. It feels cool. Oh, I love that. Okay. So the whole idea of PPP with friends is that we have mad friends who we love who are really, you know, kind of wildly brilliant in their own quiet ways and mm-hmm. we don't pepper them with odd questions enough, in my opinion. <laughs> Hard agree. <laughs> yes. The world needs more peppering with questions yes so i'm gonna start <laughs> off today what do you bring to the potluck it is almost cookout season y'all oh shit what do you Man. bring what do you bring you in? know it's gonna be like 80 degrees every day soon enough Ooh. and i have been thinking about this okay okay talk here's to me. the thing <laughs> <laughs> it depends if you're going to a potluck where many white people will be you have to make sure to not bring any drinks because that's all they know how to do oh. i have been this two read. potlucks where it's literally only been beer and like crackers. <laughs> Wait, so what? you have to yeah, <laughs> Durga's face was like <laughs> Aren't you familiar with this, Durga? No, I don't go places a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I only I show don't up. Do shit, I don't I, go outside. Yeah, I only, I only, only, I only show up like when the sun is setting and it's cooling off a little bit. That's, that's so smart. Chic. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like getting Skip day drunk hours. and sweaty. Oh, that's where you lost me. I love getting day drunk. We're really? drinking right yeah. now. <laughs> In the dark. <laughs> Fair. There are no windows. That's you got true. a point. But all that's to say, I'm a big fan of pasta. It fills people pasta up. Pasta at a potluck at a barbecue. It's like cheap. Cold pasta. Cold pasta. Cold pasta. You know, I might do a little bit of mozzarella cheese, some chicken, 
some tomato, mm. a little bit of basil. Keep it very simple. People like that because so you don't want to get salad. Yeah. Yeah, but not like with anything <laughs> creamy in it. Cause I see that's where my brain goes when you say pasta. Cause my default is Alfredo. So I was like, that's a very oh, default can. is Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like 1989? In my heart, yes, all the time. <laughs> Actually. I'm lactose intolerant. Same. So. I just don't care. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I just don't respect Tracy, my body. I'm enough. truly scandalized. How do you do that? But cheese is so good. Okay, I have an Tracy, unhealthy thing you, about cheese. What are okay. you bringing to the potluck? Cheese. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, honestly, like, I tend to air on the side of safety because I'm a decent cook, you know? Obviously, I know how to not starve, uh, but okay. I'm not necessarily going to, like, make, like, oh, here's some, some uh, what the fuck, like, macaroni and cheese or, like, potato salad or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything too fancy unless I'm the only one who's going to be eating my attempt at a fancy meal. Sal, this to say, <laughs> I typically go with, like, a nice big fruit salad. Ain't nobody mad at fruit. I'm not mad at a fruit Who's salad? mad at fruit? Okay, Nobody's so what do you put in the fruit salad though? Nothing crazy. Um, blackberries. Ooh, strawberries. A lot okay. of fiber. Mm, yeah. Ooh, good. girl, listen. <laughs> Mangoes. Some yes. grapes sprinkled in there, maybe. Okay. What's not gonna be in there <laughs> is raspberries because they're hairy and I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ooh, pineapple definitely in the salad. Mm. Um, and you know what? In the middle of the day, what you do? You get you some fruit salad and just pour bourbon on everything. Oh my gosh! Let it soak. By the end of the night, fruit shots. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you're into, I don't know. Maybe you're not. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit scandalous. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, you know what? It's fine. Fruit shots. You're yeah. all um, writers. I really admire. Can I ask you? Can I ask you some process questions? Ooh. So like, yeah. You just wrote a book, Durga. Not just, but it's been a process. (laughs) (laughs) You wrote a book yesterday. (laughs) Your book is called "Too Much and Not the Mood," which accurate. (laughs) Durga, you've written a lot of things, but this Kara Walker profile is like one huge piece of uh, your oeuvre. Ooh, (laughs) good word. Mm -hmm. And Tracy, you're working on a book. I am. What? I'm terrified. How do you start? Great question. How do you start? (laughs) Where do you begin? I begin at the beginning of the piece because it's more than anything, it's extremely important for me to know the structure of it. And I can't know the structure until I have the lead, which is like, you know, the first paragraph or so Mm. that open that opens the story. And especially with the profile, so much is writing on that because that Mm. shit is long. Mm -hmm. You know, it's over 4,000 words. People are reading it online. You have to write something that's going to both entice but also establish what you're going to do. But I know a lot of writers who hate the idea of starting at the lead. You know, they'll write the whole body, write everything else, and then they'll deal with that in the end. So I'm saying that I'm special, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Start where you know it needs to start. I'm the same way if it's a piece of, like, uh, if it's a, an essay, like a one-off. But with the book, it wasn't like that at all. It was like very much a lot of not writing anything. And then it just all started to happen. I think like, I think if you, you know you have this long-term project that no one's going to see for a long time, so you're not pressed to be super witty or smart or original. You just are pressed to kind of like wear like you want to wear it down so that it fits you you know Mm -hmm. so it's like it's like clothes that are brand new or whatever you know you have to wear it many times before you feel like it's home or something and Mm so there wasn't a lot of good writing happening at the start I was just kind of like living in the piece I was 
existing in the world as someone who knew she was writing a book. So like experiences kept felt like they kept feeling like they might end up in there, but I didn't know in what capacity or whatever. It was kind of just like wearing it for a long time. How did you settle on the title? I took it from Virginia Woolf's diary. So it's not even mine. <laughs> no, I love it. Can you tell me more? Yeah. Can you say I, more on it? I'm, I was reading her writer's diary, and um, there was a, an entry from April 11th, 1931, and she was just having a really bad day. The great thing about Virginia Woolf's diaries is she's very comfortable with talking about who she doesn't like, gossiping about her editors. Ooh. Yes. Okay. And saying, like, when she just doesn't want to work. Mm. Like, she's not prideful about you know, output in that way. She's quite comfortable with saying, like, today was a bad day. And that was a particularly bad day. And that was the last line. But honestly, it was just the way the words were strung together. Like, they feel like they're missing a word, but it's, like, all sentiment. Um, And, yeah, I underlined it. And actually, our friend Dana... Uh, Tortorici, I underlined it and I sent it to her and I said, wouldn't this make a great name for a book? And she was like, your book, maybe one day. Mm. And so, yeah. Oh, I love that. So you had the name for your book before the book even existed? Yes. Mm. Yes. Is that similar for you? Um, Yes. I really like naming things, like whether it's a character in a story or just like one of the writing exercises I used to do when I used to like write a lot (laughs) was I would think of or I would have other people like just invent titles of like a book or a movie or a poem and I would write something to fit it Mm -hmm. and I don't know why but that like it's a better frame for me versus like I'm going to sit down and write this thing and then title it later and I think it's just because I'm better at like titles and stuff than like actually sitting down and writing a paragraph so it's like a good way to be productive but procrastinate still <laughs> like I need to write but let me sit down for five hours and think of a title and it just feels like it's more accessible to me like than the the whole of the story and I feel like once like it's got a name I can then like start to like build and layer I think one of the things that's um very clear in all of your writing is that you're you have this like really uh rich way of seeing people and observing things I'm curious what you observing people in real life who are you asking this to your eyes we're like no, staring no. at all three of us <laughs> I feel like Sorry. that's such a dirty question I'm curious like when you first notice something about your crush what do you first notice Durga oh okay well this is a question about crushes or writing I guess it's the same thing <laughs> I feel like people who are observational in their writing are make, yeah. great, make great just like romantic crushes you know what I think <laughs> I think the first thing I notice often is how someone might have their own way of interpreting a situation. And that could be like a physicality, like how everyone else is sitting. They might be sitting differently, how mm-hmm. they're leaning, how they're, um, they use their hands. It's sort of like I notice how people express themselves when they're not the center, when they're not, you know. Like the one not, talking. Yeah, when they're not mm-hmm. the one talking and they're just being, but they've, you know, come into themselves or developed tics or something, then I'm always really drawn to that. Hmm. The Tracy, way that people act when nobody when they think nobody's looking. Yes, mm. yes. Exactly. I know you've talked about fingernails, too. Yeah, I like the, kind of in a similar way, like the little bitty things about a person that somebody might not notice. Like when most people, like, find or notice somebody, they're like, oh, my gosh, such a nice smile, like, such a nice whatever. But I'm also, like, very into, like, body language. And, like, I really love watching two people interacting, like, at dinner. I'm like, okay, what's the story? Is this a Tinder date? It's usually a Tinder date. (laughs) And, like, is she leaning, like, is she into him? Is she leaning very close? Or is she kind of, like turned away and I think that I like to do that because then I get to like spin my own little story which is kind of it's kind of funny kind of cute 
Um, but yes, fingernails always make me wonder like what like what was your day like like you know like <laughs> mm. my shit for the first time is like freshly manicured why is that i had a party to go to last week what kind of party was it blah, 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 blah. and there's like this whole other story i hate to see a man with just like dirty gross disgusting fingernails <laughs> i instantly think the worst of this person which is not fair because maybe he's just a hard-working man you know and so then I have a whole conversation with myself about it. I can see this predicament you're in. Yeah. At least once a day this happens. <laughs> Doreen. I love to see people in their homes or whatever space they might spend more time in than any other. Um, and that's mostly because it kind of forces them to narrate their lives in a way that I think is uncomfortable for anyone. Because you're like, oh, like, where did you get like this trinket from? Or with Kara, she had, so she had a trophy That's case. That's Kara Walker, ladies and Yeah. <laughs> the artist, the American artist, yes. Kara Walker. Yes. <laughs> she had a trophy case in her living room that she bought at a flea market. And inside of it were all of these like tchotchkes, basically. Mm. And one of these things was a, uh, box of mints that she got from President Obama's first inauguration and it just like had his face Aww. on the box, on this little tin box. I love that. Um, and it's just amazing to see somebody kind of like pick up an object like that, thumb it, and then you see their eyes like go off into the distance and mm. they think about being in that scenario. So it's a really great, excuse me, I'm already tipsy. Yeah. It's a great way to... Um, for someone to write out their own stories in sometimes like oblique or peripheral ways. Mm. What about you, Ev? What do you know? Or, or, am I allowed to? You're ask allowed to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you notice and observe people? I think I notice people's laughs first. To be honest, hmm. uh, there's. Um, it's because you have a really good laugh. Yeah, you yeah. really do. It's like the platonic ideal of a laugh. Wow! Oh my gosh! True. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Laugh True. for us. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I just feel like I don't I don't mean necessarily the laugh itself, but like when people are earnest in their laughter or when they're withholding of it, it's it's always interesting to me. Uh, I have a question for the room. Speaking of Heaven's laugh, how would oh you my gosh. how would you describe Heaven's laugh? Stop! <laughs> oh wow! I think it's That's a good a exercise. Question. It's people who like notice stuff about people. You know? I think it escalates. <laughs> Yes, exactly. You have it an escalates. escalating laughter. Your laugh is like, I picture it when you're looking at um, the bars, like on a recording, and you just like look at the bars to see like yeah. mm-hmm. how the sound is changing or rising or whatever. Your laugh looks like that. Ooh, that is good. I love that. that wow. That's great. I'm putting that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you laugh, especially like, so you have different laughs. Oh my God. One guys. of my favorite ones <laughs> is the much. one that starts off really low and then it gets like louder and higher <laughs> gradually. And it Stop. always. Whenever I (laughs) do it, do it, punctuate all of my points. (laughs) But it always makes me envision like a a pot of water on a stove that goes Mm. from like still to boiling really, really fast. And like it starts at your toes and it like starts to bubble. Then it's like. (laughs) 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 And then the, the, the pot is boiling. Also, your laugh is pure appreciation. It's not just reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I truly do not know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I am at, like a loss is that for words. It is extremely uncomfortable. Um, like but I, I, <laughs> I feel grateful for your. Oh my goodness, for your no, observations to be you. yes <laughs> to have been observed. Can I change the tone entirely? Yes. <laughs> Talk to me about the porches in your life. <gasps> I love 
love this question. There's like a passage in Durga's book yeah, that, was like, <laughs> that like just a whisper of a sentence that like stood out to me. And I, and I was like, I know Tracy's got a porch story. She'd be living in a porch. I am in love <laughs> with porches. I'm so in love with porches. Um, I was in Flatbush a couple days ago walking towards um, Cortelio and like Dittman's Park and stuff looking for like a cute little brunch place. And all of a sudden, I was like, it feels like I'm someplace else. Like, this doesn't feel like New York. It doesn't feel like Brooklyn, even. And I was like, what's different? And I was like, there are lawns and porches. It's just like this block or two with lawns and porches. I don't know where else in Brooklyn I've ever seen it. Because everything is like brownstones and like little brick courtyard or whatever. But I got so happy and so excited because my summers in Kentucky, like with no job, no money, no nothing, no business, no place to go, no car to get there. We just sat on the porch like from when I was like five until I was like 15 and still had no business and no job and no money to go anywhere. Just sit on the porch, see who drives by, see who walks by, read a book, maybe have you some lemonade, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yes. And it was just such a staple of just like. Like, that was my resting state for so long. So much so that once I went to college in Lexington, which was just stressful, it was 10 black people, 20 black people there, excuse me, 20 out of 1,100. And me and my black-ass friends were like, okay, it's a Friday. What do we do? Where do we go? There's nowhere to just hang out. And on the corners of the campus, there were these two really big stone-like walls that said Transylvania University. And we were like, we're just going to sit on the sign. And so every weekend, me and my oh two my black God. friends would just sit on the sign on either corner of this white ass <laughs> school. We made it your porch. And we made it our porch. And there was this one day. I have so many sign stories. I can't believe you made it was it great. your porch. <laughs> we became, oh, we live here now. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and it was at once like, okay, we just need something to do. But also, like, we want people to know that there are black people at this school because nobody fucking knew. Nobody mm-hmm. knew. We were out there one day with a sign that said honk because it was my birthday. <laughs> and there was so much honking that the principal came. The principal, my God. The president came out. And he was like, it's a little too loud. It's a little too much. So say all that to say, I love me a porch or a big ass sign on a school campus. I love that you made yourself a porch. I didn't know you could DIY porches like that. Listen, sometimes you have to turn the world into your porch. <laughs> Be the porch you wish to see. <laughs> Be the porch you wish to see in the world. I actually have an opposite um understanding of New York when it comes to lawns and open spaces and porches because I grew up in Canarsie which is a neighborhood full of either fully detached houses or semi-attached houses so there's like a lot of lawn space and a Mm. lot of backyard space and when I like you know got the scholarship (laughs) at 13 years old that enabled me to have the job that I have right now I had to transition to a totally different part of New York that I had never seen before. Mm. So for us, like every day after school, um, a lot of our mothers, I lived in a really West Indian block in Canarsie, they would want us to water the grass, right? And so all we would do was just kind of like hang out on our porches and water the grass from there so you would like point all the water from the hose in one spot (laughs) until the grass was dead. (laughs) But we had, you know, a a similar kind of... um, relationship to our green space Mm. but then when i went to school in the city i was on the upper east side i was like y'all don't have grass like y'all are richer than me right (laughs) to this day i really don't subscribe to the idea that like you are more wealthy because you have more vertical space for me it's always been Mm. about horizontal space and Mm. portraits you know they're literally like they take up a lot of square footage they mean that your home has to be like big and imposing in this way even if it's like worth a 20th what Mm. a brownstone might be Mm -hmm. in manhattan or or elsewhere so yeah 
I'm, I miss porches. I wish I got to <sighs> interact day. with them more. It also means that you make yourself visible because it's like you're inside space outside. Mm-hmm. And so you don't like come in, close your door, like draw your blinds, have your private yeah. life. You know, like you continue your life outside and people have to see you and see your family and like hear your voices mm-hmm. and complain about the noise <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but they're, they're, you have to kind of people have to see you, you know, and yeah. so. I feel like the moment you walk in a neighborhood where there aren't porches or outside space, it feels sort of like isolating. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It feels both both isolating but also surveilled in this way. Yeah. Because you know, like people, people just... can look out on you but you can't see them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So there's like very little interaction, which is why it always sucks when, you know, I have friends who move to formerly black neighborhoods and their neighbors like call the police on them because they're sitting on the stoop. You know, the stoop mm. is like an yeah. appropriated porch, exactly. basically. Yeah. And it's like, well, you don't understand. Like, you don't just live in your home. Like, you live outside of your home and approximate to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that shit is whack. Don't Word. call the police on your neighbors. <laughs> right. <laughs> For being in the neighborhood. One, uh, there were a lot of little observations in your book that like tickled me. And one of the, the things is that like, why does every white girl want to be a marine biologist? (laughs) (laughs) It was just like a a stray detail in your observation about like the high school girls and, you know, what those white girls you kind of like envied from afar were like. It was a moment too. I feel like maybe some movie must have come out with a dolphin or something. (laughs) Like that Disney channel movie? Yeah, there must have been. Dolphin related, I'm sure. There must have been some movie where like it, that like the lead character was like working in an aquarium or something. But I think it was also this like way of, I don't know why, but it was like that job, I think, that people associated to like having a keen interest in something. Like I think it made them seem original, mm-hmm. yeah. but then everybody wanted to do it or something. But then also having an asociality, right? It's like, I'm just going to enter the ocean because yeah. I can't be bothered with you <laughs> beings on on land. <laughs> but also when you do, when you do that portrait of um, white girls in like middle school and high school, the way that you describe how their hair is wet in the morning resonated <laughs> with me so much because it felt like such an imposition and like such a way of being like sloppy that I could never muster. Well, me First of all, when my hair is wet, it's an inch off my motherfucking towel. Because <laughs> that's the way that shit goes. Also, so logistically, it Also, work. like, my, my parents still are, you know, under the belief system that you get a cold if you go out with wet hair. Yeah. So, like, I would have swimming that's lessons. Well... No. <laughs> Exactly. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But my parents used to make me, after swimming lessons, duck my head under the hand dryer at the YMCA oh. and not come home unless my hair was dry because they wow. were like, "You're gonna catch a cold." They still say it to me, like, "You're gonna, like, you're gonna catch a cold." Is like a, I don't even know if it's a, a sentence anymore. It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> a sound. It's my parents. That's exactly it. No matter what, like if I'm wearing a, a jacket and I haven't zipped it up. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like my parents hated that time when I started to buy small coats that actually didn't zip. They, they were cute, though. They were cute, but they were like, <laughs> this doesn't zip up. Right. What's the point? There's no functionality <laughs> exactly. to it. My mom hates my clavicle. Like anytime wait, she sees it. Wait. And wait, it's, mom. Yeah, you're going to get a chest cold. Exactly. It's always a chest cold. I don't even 80, know what a chest cold is. If it's 80 is. degrees outside, maybe it's okay for me to have my upper out. But she sees it and she's just like, oh, God, cover yeah, this, up. Yeah, the sternum bone. Yeah, yeah You're going to get a chest cold. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I don't think Ethiopians. I've ever gotten a chest cold. <laughs> yeah, so I was saying, I don't know what it is. That's what my cousin used to say. 
by my older cousin uh, to be like, you're showing too much boob and you need to put it up. He's like, oh, oh. you're going to get a chest cold. Oh. oh. Thing, but I get it. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I wasn't a fan, you know? I think when my parents said it, it was more from the like immigrant parent, like, where do colds come from sort of mm. <laughs> weirdness. Because <laughs> when, when we say like we have a cold, it's like bird metang, like the Old man winter punched me. Damn, is kind oh. of geez. It's kind of that's we're so the dramatic beautiful. people. It's beautiful, <laughs> but it's intense. <laughs> but that's what our parents are thinking. Yeah, they they're like it. your chest, like it, yeah. it will hit you in the chest. Yes, <laughs> that's what they're saying. So what's what's the background of the white girl white uh, wet hair story? I think it was just like one of those observations of me being half curious and envious that they were allowed to come to school. Mm-hmm. Also, it was a sign for me that you know, like for me, showering is like multi steps. Mm. <laughs> And they seem to be skipping one, which was the drying off the stage. <laughs> you know like, why they get school? to do that? Oh, yeah, okay. So I, so I think it was that too. But also, I mean, it was a lot of things. It was my parents not letting me out of the house with wet hair, mm-hmm. but also them just showing up and it feel like also the drying off stage when you're in your school uniform opening your locker. I was kind of like, wait, you should have done that at home. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Was there was there ever like a look or um, a sort of uh, I don't know. One of these like '90s fashion things that's come back in style that you still own. I'm always curious about like high school looks you kept. Actually, you know the Steve Madden platform oh, sandals yes. that everybody is like trying to be brand new about right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk to us, Doreen. Talk to us. I never threw mine out. Mm. Yes. The thing about me is that I went through a growth spurt unnaturally early. <laughs> I became the size that I am now at 10 years old. <laughs> been the same size for forever I still wear clothes that I had in middle school but I remember that those shoes were really important to me because they were a way of wearing heels that were like acceptable to my family yeah because it was all like one height having the shoe was a way of me like becoming taller and being more imposing than I already was Mm. but also placating my mother it was like okay I'm not gonna get like a boyfriend now don't worry (laughs) it took me down it took me 10 extra years to get a boyfriend (laughs) at age 10 so do you still wear them um yeah sometimes yeah but now I feel annoyed because all these girls are trying to like reclaim the Steve Madden shoe where were you when we were shooting in a club like <laughs> I've been doing this for a minute all right we Alone. got Rick Ross in the building <laughs> Durga why are you shaking your head at me I don't know <laughs> it just happens so naturally it's all love I love it Mine is actually not even that original. It was just that I was like I was into sports, and so I played on the soccer team, and we had a school uniform. So after you had to put you know your knee high socks back on and your kilt and your shirt, but all the girls who were on the soccer team would put on our Adidas slides still. Like, Ooh, we, would, like we would take the, the bus home with mm. our school uniform, but our Adidas slides. And so then when people started wearing them again, like three years ago. Outside, like mm-hmm. not as slippers. I mean, Doreen smiled at me one day because I had <laughs> friends over at my apartment for dinner, and I was like wearing a nice silk shirt, jeans, socks, and my slides. <laughs> I was like slippers in the house. <laughs> well, now they've become this totem and athleisure, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a lovely term, <laughs> athleisure. athleisure. <laughs> it's on the way out. You yeah? think so? Yes. God I don't bless. know. It looks like you're I hoping feel so like too. 
Pardon? I don't think so. It looks like you're hoping that it's on its way up. Yeah, yeah. I like a little sophistication. <laughs> I like a little effort in my look. <laughs> yes. No, you know what? I associate it a little bit also to the wet hair. Mm, that's Ooh, lemon girls. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. you get to go out without being completely put together and perfect. Yeah. Mm. You know, like I don't, I would, I don't think I could ever wear leggings as pants. Mm. Oh, this is controversial. Girl, you yeah, my out. butt is too big for that. I, like, I mean, same, but it feels Because it's going to stretch the fabric and then it's going to be see through. Okay. <laughs> you know what you I, mean, I, mean, I, know. I know. I know. I know. We all know. <laughs> I love it though. I'm just too thick for the leggings. <laughs> they just stretch. Tracy, do you have any like uh, maybe some hoop earrings? Uh, I've never abandoned the hoop earrings. Mm. My first really big pair of hoop earrings, mm-hmm. like big enough for me to like put my hand through, I still have. They're yes, still in, um, they're still in Louisville. They are an artifact. I would not let anybody touch them, <laughs> even put though them the silver the whatever is like wearing off, <laughs> and like it's just I'm like sure copper now. <laughs> I feel like I'm just so embarrassed whenever a thing comes back in style. Why? <laughs> We've been through this before, no. guys. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just that little part of me feels like shame. And then I'm like, I put on my choker. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it's cute. <laughs> we and I'm like, but I look cute, though. But I'm cute, though. <laughs> okay, y'all. We are going to be right back. We got some business to take care of, mainly getting more drinks and paying some bills. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Guess it's going to be us. Would you rather have a foot long nose, a nose that is one foot long, or a tongue that is one foot long? There's oh, nothing Tracy. left in my cup, but I'm going to pretend to say This is a nasty question. <laughs> Isn't my mind supposed to go that way? It's obviously supposed to <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to go wherever it goes. Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I would choose the tongue. I'll I'll buy what you're selling here. Disadvantages. <laughs> it would be really hard to talk. Like, do you keep it all in your mouth? Does it just hang out? If it's hanging out, it's well, going to get dry. You got to, like, mist it or something to keep oh, it, you know? No, but yes. I was imagining I could roll it up like bubble tape gum. Ooh, you know that? Yeah. And I would open or my mouth. By the and, foot. Yes. I would open my mouth and people <laughs> oh would be God. very freaked out by this, like, uh-huh. cylinder. By the foot situation <laughs> in your mouth. But then I wouldn't have a foot long nose. So. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, I feel like the nose would just be cumbersome in public spaces. What if you could, like, pin it? Not pin it, because it would hurt. <laughs> but, like, secure it somehow with, like, a really cute bow or something. What if somebody <laughs> made a line of nose holders? Stop it. Know. And that's what everybody was just rocking? <laughs> yes. Uh, When's the last time you cackled? Two minutes ago, I, I mean, I always cackle. <laughs> You don't cack. I don't think Drake cack. Cackle You were rolling. I didn't say anything. He's like testing it. I was like, what's happening I mean, over there? Did you start our own show? <laughs> Drake, do you not have a cackle? What? No. I probably cackle if I'm around like cousins or like aunts and stuff because then it, it just gets out of control like breakfast turns into dinner kind of uh-huh. thing like those days when you're just completely when you just stay in a kitchen all day that's probably mm. the scenario but I'm like really self-conscious about my laugh really mm-hmm. hmm. I feel like you have a silent cackle oh in my head I'm cackling all the time <laughs> well you also have a bodily laugh oh do I yeah so Can you sometimes... do an impression of this laugh <laughs> 
Okay, listeners, imagine that I am like slightly bouncing up and down in my chair. And like, like a baby? No, it's like it's the slightest bounce. It's the loveliest bounce. I agree, I agree. And you know, like you do the laugh that I think a lot of women do. It's like, you know, you kind of like put your hand by your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aww. I love laughs like that because I think that um, it takes – Courage isn't the word, but like I just love to see women given their bo- given to their bodies, you know, in public. It always looks like to me like you're like saving a little bit for yourself. Yeah, like, I think I think up. I think laughter catches me off guard, to be honest, because I don't think I'm as prone to it as I actually am. And so when I laugh, especially with friends and family, I remember like, oh, joy is like a real part of my existence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you also laugh and roll your eyes. Oh, yeah, which is like yes. the best <laughs> because Wait, like at the same time. Yeah, it just, oh. it's because. She, you know, she thinks I'm funny, but she's also like shading me a little bit, which is the standard every female friendship should have. Oh my gosh! So Durga is your heaven. Durga yes. is the yes. yes. heaven is to me. I love that. We're gonna start our own podcast. Yes. <laughs> Another <Wow>. drink. <laughs> Durga that oh was like God. that was like we went for dinner recently, and someone ordered salad. And they were like, here's the salad. And they pass it to me and Doreen, and it was just cheese and tomato. And we're like, yeah. one green. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we never order a salad. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just like, okay. And then we, I think we were laughing, rolling our eyes. Like, it's just like, it's like a shorthand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But oh, again, I think I it's all that. appreciation. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, this is a beautiful note to end on because <laughs> female friendships is so important. Yes. And I just love to see it. Cheers to laughter and friendship. Cheers to laughter and friendship and to being amazing writers and having books and stuff. Plug stuff. Where can people find you and your work? What's going on? What's Yeah, new? what are all the million things you're working on? Yeah, yeah. I just started a new job. Woo-woo! I am a staff writer at NewYorker.com. Hey, which is very exciting. (laughs) I told Doreen I'm really excited to see what her illustration is of her face. I think so. (gasps) I feel the same way. Yeah, I'm like, should I have braids? Should I have crochet? Should I cut my hair off? There's a lot of things that I could do. Oh, God. Is that an option? I'm so excited. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I guess I'll find out soon enough. Where can they find you on Twitter? Oh, my... So my Twitter and my Instagram handle are the same. It's at D St. Felix, D-S-T-F-E-L-I-X. Where can people find me? Um, I tweet sometimes, but, you know, I'm obnoxious and I tweet observations. I love it. I'm very consistently myself, you know? Like, I very rarely go off into left field. (laughs) You're on brand. That's allowed. Oh, no. No, it's Am okay. I? It's okay to be on brand. Okay. I'm trying to embrace the whole branding shit. Okay. It's hard. It's, it's not going well. It's, it's not, tough. Not but it well brand in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, in a good but way. I'm like the, but I'm like, who's paying me? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't figured out that yet. But, you know. Um, I tweet and I wrote a book that you can find at your local independent bookstore. Support your bookstores. All right. And again, the title is Too Much and Not The Mood. It's been lovely, y'all. Ladies, this was great. Please come back and drink more brown liquor with us and cackle silently. (laughs) I would love to. Thank you. Um, Tracy, who are you bouncing around for? So my round's going to be pretty quick. Okay. The other day, I was listening to random Beyonce songs, as one does. Ooh. And um, Irreplaceable came on. Okay. That is a solid-ass song. I feel like that song has fallen into the 
almost the like single ladies of just played too much. I cannot mm. listen to it again. I understand. To the point where you forget that it is a genius masterpiece classic. And I think that's where, <laughs> this is how I came to this realization because I couldn't get to the computer fast enough to skip it. Mm. But then I started listening to the lyrics and I'm like, you know what? Leo, I slept on this. Leo put his foot and his entire little milk dud ass head in this. <laughs> he killed like the. He sure did. You know, rolling her around in the car that I bought you. Mm, what? Mm, what? Wow. What? So that's all. It was a good song. I saw that video so much in Spanish for some reason when I was traveling hmm. this one summer. Mm-hmm. So that on top of it being played too much is just like I can't listen to that song. Oh, she did release it. Release it in Spanish. Remember when you she used to be doing that yeah. little crazy? That was a thing in Beyonce history. with the Spanish B side. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me tell you real quick about something that I'm just like, oh my god, God bless. Mm-hmm. There is an undo send button on Gmail. An undo send button. On your computer, open Gmail. In the top right, click settings. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm opening Gmail. (laughs) In your settings, you can find a little button that lets you, like, have an option to undo send once you send an email. (gasps) I see it. Oh, my gosh. Wait. But wait, how does this work? Ooh. So right here under settings, there's a little box that says enable undo send, and you can choose Mm -hmm. 5, 10, 20, or 30 seconds. Bruh. So I don't know why I, a grown ass adult, cannot just like <laughs> take ten seconds <laughs> and proofread my emails. Who has time for that? <laughs> you know what you but, can do in those ten seconds? I know, I know. I'd be just sending them, <laughs> <laughs> sending these emails. Fly, my pretties. Fly. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes you need a little more discretion. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and these, this little undo send pops up, mm-hmm. and you can click undo within whatever time period you select. I obviously chose the most amount of time to regret my decision. (laughs) (laughs) And I have used it so many times to catch typos, to catch little shifts in mood. I feel like I'm so bad at email. I always ask Tracy to read mine to be like, does this sound like a human would say this? (laughs) Am I a human in this email? (laughs) Wait, I'm going to try to send you an email and then then undo the send. But honestly, y'all, it saved me so many times. And I don't know if you all have heard the good word, but I would like to spread the good word. We did it again. Once again, ladies can and Can you believe? Neither me I cannot. nor Tracy <laughs> never can. <laughs> Thank you so much to our friends, our girlfriends. Yes! <laughs> Thank you to Doreen St. Felix for stopping by. You can find her on Twitter at DSTFelix. That's F-E-L-I-X. And you should absolutely read her cover story on Kara Walker. And also like everything she writes. Oh, yeah. Tweets, articles, all of that stuff. Just literally anything. Just do it. Also, thank you to Dergachu Bose for coming back for the second time yes. since she was our very first guest. Our inaugural guest. Oh, now that we're walking and stuff, she Aww. can come back and be like, hey, we can like play basketball and stuff now. It's cute. <laughs> you can find her on Twitter at Durga Polashi. That is D-U-R-G-A-P-O-L-A-S-H-I. Make sure you get her book, Too Much and Not the Mood, because it's going to be my mood for the rest of my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and shout out to the Pasqua. Pasqua. This episode was produced by Nina Patak and Julia Ferlin with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer. And the top notchest 
top of the linest, <laughs> A pluses production support. Yes. From Agaranesh Ashagre and Alex Laughlin. Shout out to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy and Don Will of Tanya Morgan, which sounds like a lady, but it's actually a rap group. You can follow him <laughs> at Don Will on Twitter. You can follow Heaven at Heaven Rants. True. You can follow me at Breaking McPoverty. Also true. You can follow the show at Another Round. On Facebook, Twitter, all the things. All of the things. We have made communicating with us so easy for you. And you can email us at anotherround at BuzzFeed.com as well. Do all the things. All the things. Mm-hmm. Including rating us on iTunes. Telling a friend. Telling a friend. You know what? Even like if there's somebody in your life and you're just like, you know, I don't really fuck with them like that. But I still want joy in their life. Yeah. Because you recognize <laughs> that when you put joy in another person, then it then gets into the world. Yes, it comes back to you. Tell your frenemies. <laughs> yes. To listen to the show. <laughs> Subscribe to our newsletter. It's got lots of fun goodies and stuff in it. You can do that at buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. Drink some water. Uh, take your meds. Call your mom. Uh, uh, all your peoples. I would say invest in like a little password protector situation. Ooh. Get your cybersecurity game up. How uh, many passwords you got, Tracy? You should have infinity passwords. I don't have infinity passwords. Well, yeah, I don't know. I yelled that. <laughs> Do you have infinity passwords? No, but I could. Oh, okay. Yeah. True. Fair. <laughs> don't use the same password for everything is all I'm saying, okay? Ooh, ooh, you know what you should also do? Go through all the pictures in your camera phone and like delete all of the like the little accidental mm. snaps and just like all the pictures that you okay. already Instagram said that you don't want to keep. Save you some space. Get save you some space. It's okay. Easy. Okay. I say this because I don't have any space on my phone. <laughs> Back up your dog. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Bye. Bye.